Thank you for listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that your life will be forever changed by what you hear today. Our goal is to encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. I said, good morning, church. You are the church of the living God. Amen. That's something to be excited about today, huh? Well, today uh, I'm going to talk about a subject that I have never taught about before. And it's a big, scary subject. Look at your neighbor and go, ooh. Look at your neighbor, the other neighbor, and say, hush. Listen, today I'm going to teach about the rapture. People cheering are the most nervous ones. <laughs> the Bible calls it the calling away or the harpazo. It's uh, uh, the word rapture is never used. And I love it when people say the rapture is never mentioned in the scripture. It is under different terms. And uh, just like oxygen is never mentioned, but we know they breathed. <laughs> right? So the fact that it doesn't mention the word, uh, we can find uh, other texts uh, that support it. Uh, and the word that is found is the word harpazo, and it's the calling away, the calling away. Uh, before I get into that, uh, I want to, I don't even know how to thank you for this. Um, yesterday, we gave out 314 backpacks wow. to students. Yeah. And sorry, my thing's messing up. But um, 314 students will have what they need to start their school year this year because of your giving. And I just want to thank you for that. You're a wonderful church. You are a wonderful and a caring and a benevolent people. Thank you for that. The, uh, hey man, I mean, you talk about a busy week. Let's see, we had uh, VBS this past week. Uh, VBS is not a competition amongst churches, but it is. <laughs> and uh, we had this young man waiting in line, and, and uh, we took my side-by-side, -side, my Polaris side-by-side -side, uh, from New Orleans Power Sports. My friends are here from New Orleans Power Sports. And uh, we decorated it and called it the Time Rover. And we put LED lights over it. We put light whips on the back of it. We did all this stuff. And kids got to ride in this thing as fast as my dad would drive, which is scary. And uh, what was interesting is that the kids in line walk outside and this one little boy goes, this VBS has real rides. <laughs> and I leaned over to Pastor TC, I said, that's how we win. <laughs> it's not a competition, but it is. And so we, uh, uh, we invite other churches to step their game up with uh, uh, farming implements, if you will. Uh, side-by-sides, three-wheelers, four-wheelers, ATVs, go crazy. But, uh, but just have fun. That's the main thing. We had a blast. And, uh, man, the kids just, if I, I wish I had video of them worshiping right here on this floor. I mean, when you see 100 kids just going bananas for Jesus, that's something to see, isn't it? And so, uh, anyway, I, I've got to preach. I, I could talk about this past week. We've, we have been out in the city, and I love it when the church just explodes outside the four walls, don't you? Man, that's what the vision of Hope City is all about. It's uh, we come in here, we get recharged, and we get invigorated, and then we go explode in the city with the goodness of God. I love it. I love it. So thank you for being that church. Okay, no more hesitating. 
time for the rapture. Okay, it's not time for the rapture. It's time to talk about the rapture. I've entitled my sermon today, The Great and Horrible Day. The Great and Horrible Day. Well, it is going to be a great and horrible day. For those of us who are in Christ, it's going to be a great day. For those who aren't in Christ, not so much. Uh, this past week, uh, I've, I've studied, I found all kinds of strange stuff on the internet. One of the craziest things I found was a website that talked about the effects of the rapture on different marketplaces and different uh, careers. Uh, 61% of commercial airline pilots claim to be Christians. What? So I've written my senator this week, and I said we should have a Christian and Muslim pilot on every commercial flight (laughs) so that we can hedge our bets. Because should the rat... Now think about this. This website... Now listen, I wrote this down. Listen. There are 45,000 flights over the continental U.S., in a 24-hour period. That means in, in any 24 hours, in one hour of time, that could be, if 60% of those pilots go down, 1,200 commercial planes coming for a landing with no warning. It will be a great and horrible day. Let's not even get into the big rigs and the vehicles. You are going to see catastrophes. Unlike you, driving will be completely worthless instantly. There'll be stuff crashed everywhere. It's not for me and you to experience. Oh, aren't you grateful for God today? So I'm going to stop there because that's the stuff the generation before me used to get us saved. But see, when I really read the scripture, it says it's the goodness of God that leads man to repentance. Not the scary stuff that comes after the rapture. No, am I lying, church? They used to scare us with that. Y'all must have went to some, y'all must have went to like a, like a, just a happy Baptist church somewhere. I was, I was assembly of God. They rocked us every chance they got. Man, they scared, woo, they scared us. My dad was a youth pastor. It's a true story. How many of y'all remember the, 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 the movies A Thief in the Night? Good. Only about eight of you have to deal with that nightmare. And then it's Ugly Little Brother, A Distant Thunder. You remember that? These are movies made in the late 70s just to scare you about the rapture happening, right? Let's try on a different one. How many of you remember the Left Behind series? Okay, much younger crowd. Okay. Uh, if you didn't see the Left Behind series, it's the kid from Growing Pains navigating Earth after the rapture, okay? So both of these movies are set in a place and time that show us what the world is going to look like after the rapture. Now, it's not going to be a pretty place, but again, my prayer is that none of us experience that. And so my attempt today is going to be to show you that there is a very real thing called the rapture. There's a very real thing that's called the calling away or the harpazo and that you have a ticket to be punched for that trip. 
Do you believe that today? I certainly believe it. Uh, we're in a series called Letters, and this all started from reading in 2 Thessalonians. Uh, and and it's t- it talked about the day of Christ, or this day, and it started talking about a specific day. So I started reading, I thought, okay, this is clearly talking about this day and time where uh, the Christians are called away. And so I thought, should I teach on the rapture? And the Holy Spirit was down for it. So I said, okay, let's party. And so 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 4, let's get on into this. Uh, but first, let's pray. Father, uh, give me wisdom. Uh, I want to teach this in a way that inspires and encourages. I don't want to lead anybody to fear. The Bible says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So Lord, give the words to speak to me that I might inspire people to love you more. Let your words speak today. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said, amen. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. It'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible or app. It says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica in his second letter, and he's letting them know that this day of God is not to be feared, but that there are certain hurdles in the, uh, uh, the distance of space and time that had to be jumped in order for this day to take place. Uh, Can I tell you that those hurdles have been jumped? We are now in a season uh, in time to where it's nothing between us and the rapture. All of the precursors and all the boxes have been checked. And the next great thing prophetically to happen uh, is the rapture. And that's not according to me, by the way, not according to some weird 2 a.m. website. Uh, That's according to the books of Daniel, Isaiah, Ezekiel, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, and Revelation. Okay? Uh, All the precursors have been satisfied for the rapture of the church. Uh, Amen. That's exciting. So the timeline goes that Jesus died on the cross. Then we had Pentecost and Acts. Then we entered what's called the church age which is currently where we are on the timeline of heaven. Uh, The church age is violently ended by this thing called the rapture. And we are ushered into what is called the seven-year tribulation. After the seven-year tribulation, we have the second coming of Christ. You say, wait a second, what's the rapture? It's not the second coming of Christ. Uh, I want you to have understanding here, and I'm going to give you some verses in a little while. Uh, Imagine the rapture of somebody calling you to dinner. And the second coming, somebody coming and dragging you, right? This is the rapture is God blowing a trumpet and then us going to him. The second coming is Christ actually returning to earth and we will be with him when he returns. Amen. And so after the second coming of Christ, that leads us to a thousand year millennial reign, uh, after which we have eternity. And I don't have a whole lot of time to go into those today, but uh, I do recommend if you have any questions about that, 
dig into uh, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and Revelation, and you'll start getting some clarity there. Um, let's see here. Let's jump down to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So we start to get some understanding about what this day is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. I... Uh, generally use this verse whenever I go into a funeral uh, because it's a powerful verse and it reminds us of the hope that we have even in death. Um, let's read uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, starting in verse 13. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Stop right there. You're going to see terminology about being asleep and uh, sleeping in Christ, asleep, uh, being at rest. It's, it's full of, of, of words like that. Uh, and I'll give you some explanation on that here in just a second. It says, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Aren't you grateful we have a hope today? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep, there it is again, in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Let's stop right there for a second. Let me give you some clarity on the sleeping situation. There is a theology out there that teaches that when a believer dies, they go into like this suspended state that uh, where Paul said to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, that it's like, you know how you go to sleep and you wake up and time has flown by and it's just the same to you. I completely disagree with that. I think there's more evidence of this. Your body is susceptible to sin. And we're going to read in a minute that it's corruptible. So that flesh can't really go to heaven yet. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So what happens is when you die, your spirit and soul go to heaven where you are actively in your mind present with the Lord. But your body cannot go. Right? Why? Because this process called glorification has got to take place. And we're going to talk about that. It says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So I mean, those who have passed away, they're going before us. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. There is that word in the Greek, harpazo. H-A-R-P-A-Z-O, harpazo. Together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. And so I read that at funerals, but that tells us there's two ways to get to heaven. Uh, first, before I even say that, there's only one way to heaven. His name's Jesus Christ, right? But there's two landing strips. One is death. The other is the rapture. That's it. That's the only way you get in. One is death. The other is the rapture. And this is saying that those who... Uh, are asleep, their bodies are here, their bodies are going to be glorified and called up first, and then those that remain will be changed in an instant. Right? And we will meet them in the air uh, and go on into heaven. So why is it that our flesh can't go into heaven? Well, our flesh isn't really equipped. Uh, this dirt suit that God gave us all uh, is um, susceptible to sin. The flesh. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 gives us an insight into this, starting in verse 50. It says, uh, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. 
Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I like that verse. You know what that tells me? That not all of us will die. There are going to be some of us that inherit heaven. We're going to be just out working, just doing our normal stuff, and then boom, we're there. Well, won't that be exciting? Man, I pray it happens during 85 work traffic. Come on, somebody. Please. Lord, just, Calgon, take me away. I don't know how many days I pray for Jesus take me out of 85 traffic. Glory to God. He says, but we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Uh, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet. The trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible, the dead first. And we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Boy, that excites me. I've seen death rob some people. You know, death robbed me last year. Robbed my brother of a daughter, robbed me of a niece. I'm sick of death. Dad Gummin, I'm so sick of it. I'm sick of losing good people to bad diseases. And this says there's going to be a day where that's over. Praise God. I said there's a day that's going to be over. And, uh, and, and let, me, let me give you, let me give you, even in the Old Testament, the, the fathers of the faith could not see God in the flesh. We see this with Moses. Moses walked with God in such a way, man, it's the same cat that parted the Red Sea. Uh, that, I mean, he, he just, he's like Christian life goals, right? Uh, and then he says to God, I want to see you. And God says, man, you can't. I'm so holy that if you looked upon my countenance, you would die. So God says, I got a trick. We might make this work. He says, let's hide you in this little nook in the cave. The scripture calls it the cleft in the rock. And he says, we're going to put you in this little wraparound tunnel thing. And when I walk by, my glory is going to shine just to the point of where it touches you. And right before it touches you, I'll go past. And you'll see my glory, but you won't see me. Why did he do that? Because Moses' time was not done on earth. And had he exposed this corruptible flesh to a holy God, his time was up. We also see this with the Ark of the Covenant. That's why he said, don't touch the Ark. Why? Because it contained the holiness of God. And it was not for man to touch. The one poor soul that did touch it was trying to balance it on a dadgum ox cart, which it should have been carried that way in the first place. And he tries to reach up and balance it, and boom, got struck dead. Why? Because corruptible cannot touch incorruptible. That which is mortal cannot reach that which is immortal. And so this transition has got to take place and the transition is that our flesh, which is the connective tissue between us and sin, has got to change. And so the scripture says that that which is corruptible, 
that which is temptable, that which is able to fall and stumble into sin, has got to change. Has got to change. This past week, I was thinking, like, what is that like? Just that in a moment, you're going to be changed. I think it happens so fast, I don't even think we'll realize it. I think we'll just say, ooh, something's different. I don't feel that back pain no more. And all of a sudden, like a rocket, we're out of here. Right? But just think, I had to stretch before I came to church this morning. Anybody else? Body just busted. Anybody else? Come on. Just me? Y'all lying suckers in here? I'm talking about just aching for no reason. And not just one joint, like all of them sound off. All of them popping. Right? And so what's interesting to me is I think that will be the first taste of heaven is when that corruptible flesh becomes incorruptible. Because instantly that old back's going to pop. My stature's going to straighten up from all the broken vertebrae and the ribs and everything. And I'm going like a transformer, just boom. I'm going to look at Winnie and say, look what you married, girl. Look what you married, girl. Look at this. Daddy got on his Iron Man suit now. Ready to fly. Don't put this on podcast. So we'll stand incorruptible. And then while the horn still sounds, our feet will lose the feeling of earth. Think about that. To instantly and never again be held to the law of gravity. Man, this hypes me up. I get so stinking excited. I've always been so fat I couldn't dunk. So having him kind of ups, man, I'm be. Mm, you hear me? I know heaven's got some basketball courts. I'm gonna be tomahawking, mm, punching it on people. You ain't gonna want none in heaven. I'm just telling you. Me and Gabe gonna dominate the two on two, ain't we, son? LeBron, who? All right, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I get, I get, but I get excited about my body being changed. I get excited about the limitations of earth no longer hindering me. Because, man, they do, don't they? Boy, they hinder us. Man, this past week, I watched my wife, who can outwork anybody, get sick and tired, and she didn't stop, but I watched her body get weaker and weaker by the day, dehydrated and tired, and she kept going to finally watching her crash yesterday. I'm angry at these bodies sometimes because the spirit remains willing, but the flesh is weak. There's so much to do, and the body's limited. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. So here's the thing. What is the purpose of the rapture? There is this thing we do at the Neil House called Family Movie Night. And I will, without warning, jump up out of my recliner and say, Family Movie Night! And no matter what they got going on, they got to stop. And I interrupt them all the time. Family Movie Night, let's go! Gabe will put down his Xbox controller. Precious Maddie will put down her knitting. (laughs) 
was a wild one. <laughs> I'm grateful for that. Amen, fathers. Amen. Uh, oh, glory. Can we just take, let's just give God some praise for our children. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. We'll give you praise for our family. And then Nora will drop the dog and come running, which always brings a question, what were you doing with the dog? A few days ago, she said, I was sweeping. I said, you were sweeping? She said, he's like a mop. She had him by the back legs and was... Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. But I'll say, family movie night, and everybody comes running. Because there's just a desire for me to be with my children and my wife. I just want to be with my family. And sometimes it just hits me. It's just time to be together. And, 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 and Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 through 44. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son. Not even Jesus knows. But only the Father. Watch this. Sitting on his throne. Edging to the edge of his seat. It's almost family movie night. It's almost family movie night, except this is not family movie night. This is a little shindig called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And if you've ever read about glory, glory is falls way short of this Marriage Supper of the Lamb. And so God the Father is leaning and He's measuring two things. The chaos that is to come that He will save us from and those who have yet to be saved. And while there is a desire to call his babies home, there is a missing piece of him here on earth that has not yielded to his grace. And while I love family movie nights, if it meant I had to forever miss one of my children, I don't know that I could call for one. And so the scripture gives us great clarity. It says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving their marriage. Up to the day Noah entered the ark, they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with the hand mill. One will be taken the other left. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. Watch this. Watch this. He says, understand this. This is Jesus talking. Understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. It would not have left his house to be broken into. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So here's the picture. There's going to be 
a trumpet blast. I love this picture. The trumpeters of heaven, I believe, are polishing their horns. Staying ever vigilant, ready for God to call them. And then the angels are always in choir practice. Because it says they have to cry out. So the horn blasts, the angels cry. And God calls us home. There's only one place on earth that we see that. It's when royalty return home. When a king is put on the throne or a prince or princess enters the kingdom, they blow the horns. Watch this. Stay with me just for another second. I'm finishing up, I promise. We have been lied to. You are not just a mass of cells and bone and flesh. You are heaven's royalty. You are princes and princesses of the Most High God. And our Father waits with bated breath on the edge of His throne as things continue to ratchet up here on earth and get worse and crazier and more chaotic. God waits on the edge of His throne. And I I believe it's something akin to me sitting there waiting to call for family movie night. And God's about to call for the trumpets to blow, but then He looks down. Maybe just one more. If I get another minute, maybe one more. If I hesitate, if I hold off the trumpet one more day, how many more? But there'll be a day that things get so chaotic that he'll say, that's it. Blow the horns. And all of heaven will snap to, and he'll say, is this it? All the royalties coming home. Is that what he meant? And the horns of heaven will begin to blow. And the countless choirs of angels will begin to sing, worthy is the Lamb. And something will shift on earth because instantly millions upon millions of people will go from corruptible to incorruptible. And then like tiny invisible rockets, begin to head toward our eternal home. And as that trumpet blows, and as we get closer to heaven, the horn will get louder and louder. And as we walk into heaven, a procession of the saints will begin. And we will be face to face with our love. The one who first loved us. And he will say, I have prepared a place for you. But first, we celebrate. The scripture says that we are like a bride coming to their groom. You and I, the church. I did a wedding yesterday. Molly's wedding. It was a beautiful wedding. And I loved how everybody just took care of Molly. How everybody just made sure it was special for her. If we are the bride, we're going to get to heaven and 
everything will be catered for us. Jesus will have laid out the marriage supper of the Lamb just for us. But the greatest joy of all will be a father whose children are home. He loves you. And I don't want to teach this rapture thing out of, out of a fearful thing because for those of us here in Christ, it's not a fearful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But I owe you the real explanation for the whole story. The real explanation is that God intended for us to have communion with him every day and never be separated. But then sin made us corruptible so we could no longer be with him. And so he sent his son to die on a cross. That someday, and I believe it's someday soon, that horn's going to blast. And this old chubby 6'4", 300 pounds, going to blast up out of this joint so quick. Here's the secret. Until then, we got to be about that father's business. We got to keep the backpacks going, Mike. We got to keep the VBS trucking. We got to keep inviting people to love Jesus and reminding them that he loves them, right? We got to stay outside of these four walls loving people. Why? Because the greatest gift I can give my father is another one of his children. Amen. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to turn you loose just before we handle some business. Just after we handle some business. If you'll just stay with me just for a couple more minutes. You see, there's a group of people in here that you know. If that old horn blasts right now, baby, you flying. You're gone. If that horn blasts right now, I promise you I'm out of here. And if you're with me and you know if that, if that horn blasts right now, you're out of here. You know you got your ticket punched for heaven. If that's you, raise your hand. Now you, Pastor, I'm gone. I'm going with the first trip out of here. Amen. Now, I want to talk to everybody who couldn't raise their hand just for a second. Just for a second, because this is important, man. This is eternal business. This is about you and your father being reunited. And you may not have been told just how wonderful your daddy is. So you might have had an earthly daddy that didn't do you right. And he taught you that your heavenly daddy wouldn't do you right. Somebody lied to you. Because your heavenly father loves you with a love like you can't imagine. He loves you so much that he sent your brother to die on a cross. That's what the scripture says. That he looked around heaven and he found one who was worthy. And he sent him to die on a cross so that you could put on incorruption one day and be back with him. That's what this whole thing's about. So I'm going to make a very, very clear invitation. If you're here, and you say, Josh, I, I want to know. I, I, I think maybe I have some confidence or, or maybe it's just I've heard it so many times, it's cloudy, and I just want to clear it up. Maybe you're here and you say, man, I have rejected God. But I want to go. 
if that's you, all I want you to do is just wave at me real quick. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you forward. Just wave at me. Just wave at me. You know what? I rebuke the spirit of fear in this place. Some of y'all know you're supposed to be waving at me. You know you're supposed to be waving at me. And now the dead gum spirit of fear is holding you back. Now you step through that fear into your faith and you wave at me, whoever you are. Where are you? God ain't going to have me teach something that's crazy without having somebody in mind. Where are you? I got you. I got you. Come on, anybody else? Come on, man. This is just this is between you and your daddy. This ain't got nothing to do with nobody else. Who are you? Where are you? Come on. Come on. Don't hesitate, man. I want you to go. I want, I want to look over mid-flight and see you right there next to me. Oh, I'm going to race you. I'm going to race you. I promise. I see you. I see you. God bless you. Anybody else? I ain't going to rush through this, man. They'll hold the buffet. Who else? Who else? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come down. Can't tell you it's okay if you meant that. If you raise your hand and you meant it, God will see it. Anybody else? I'm fishing pray. Isn't God good? Isn't he just good? Anybody else before we go to prayer? All right, let's go talk to the Lord about it. Father, first I thank you for each person here. I thank you, Lord, that you have stepped in to time like you always do and you intersect a sermon and people's availability and their scheduling and we bring it all together as the symphony of opportunity that we call Sunday mornings. And, uh, and Lord, for those who raised their hands, that was an honest raising of the hands. And Lord, maybe for those who are maybe embarrassed to raise their hand, that's okay too. Lord, I, I, I don't want to leave a single person behind that you put in my way. Help me. Help me. I don't want to miss an opportunity to bring to you one of your children. Help me. Help us as a church to never miss an opportunity to love somebody so well that they see you in us. Yeah. So here's my prayer, Lord. For those of you who, who, who've raised your hands, and you know what, for everybody, I, I, just, I just want everybody, just repeat after me, say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the scripture. Thank you for the story it tells that you've been chasing me since before time began. I yield to you now. You are my father. I am your child. I won't run anymore. I will run to you. No longer from you. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. That he lived on earth. That he died for my sins. That he was raised to the newness of life. 
and that I too will be raised. Incorruptible in Jesus' name. I believe now and always. You are my Savior. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a hand in this place. I want you to know our prayer team is going to be right here to my left, your right. And uh, if you made that proclamation of faith, it's imperative what you do over the next few days is very important. Uh, that you surround yourself with the right people. And I pray that God will give you the right people. But before that, we'd love the opportunity to pray for you. There's no pressure. But if you want prayer, man, we're going to be right here. And uh, for the rest of you, I love you. Let me put a blessing on you and I'll get you out of here. Lord, bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. That a thousand can fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but no sickness, plague, nor disease will come near our dwelling place. Father, I thank you that the truth of your word has just, just resounded in this place today. And it's shed abroad in our hearts the love of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. You'll bring us back next week with more wisdom and more of your word locked away in our hearts. And we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us today for the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray that what you've heard today will bless you until the next time we meet again. We hope you'll join us again soon to be encouraged, inspired, and challenged to experience the real Jesus. Take good care and God bless.